Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I want to do something a little different today. I know we usually talk about theories or philosophy or the way things work, but I wanted to take an episode to talk about a specific person, someone who happens to be very special to both you and I. In fact, he's probably the reason we're both here doing this podcast right now. And his name is Congressman Dr. Ron Paul, or I guess former Congressman former. Dr. Ron Paul. <laughs> but when somebody says, you know, Ron Paul to you, what do you think of Connor? I know you and I have very similar beliefs on him or, or views rather. Yeah, you know, I, I think Ron Paul, I hold him in the same esteem as like Thomas Jefferson. I yep. think he is a modern uh, founding father, someone who really understands uh, the words you were saying earlier, like philosophy and economics, uh, someone who lived uh, has lived his life a way that kind of is a role model on those ideas. He's, he's kind of a, a very moral and kind and decent person. And so he's a good role model for a lot of people. And and really uh, inspirational to a lot of people. Very inspirational, I know. So he kind of came on the radar. He's been around forever. And for those of you who homeschool, he's actually been a homeschool advocate. I don't think he homeschooled his kids. But I know the first time I heard about him coming to Utah, where I used to live, was actually in 2004. And I believe it was like a homeschool conference where he came to speak. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I was not into him then. It was not until 2008 during the, uh, what is it, Republican presidential debates, which we, you had to understand that back then, well, and now, the candidates were just awful. The candidates <laughs> were just awful. You had, who was it that year? You had, I think Mitt Romney oh, was still there. You had McCain. John McCain, bomb, 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 Iran. He was wanting to, that's right, yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of old guys that didn't really know what they were doing. And all of a sudden you have Ron Paul on stage who's just telling it like it is. And I remember, I think it was the Federal Reserve, actually, which we've talked about many times. Nobody was talking about that. No presidential you know, candidate was even mentioning that. And he just went on this rant. And that really appealed to me. I don't know when your moment was where you're like, this is my guy. But that was mine. Um, yeah, to the point where during that campaign, there was like, a, you know, hashtags were kind of new at the time. But uh, end the Fed, you know, became kind of a, a slogan of the campaign. And all of a sudden, People were like understanding the Federal Reserve. Here's this old guy who's been talking about this for decades. No one's been listening, no one's been right? Listening. And all of a sudden, all these like millennials and others are like learning all about the Federal Reserve. And uh, it, it was so fun. My first exposure to Ron Paul, I was invited to watch a documentary uh, in a library, a city library. Someone just kind of put together a little uh, like a preview party. of yeah. it. Yep. And there were maybe 15 people there. And it was by the late Aaron Rousseau, gentleman yeah. named Aaron Rousseau. He uh, passed away some years ago. And it was called America, uh, Freedom to Fascism. Great and, and in the film, he kind of talks about here was the ideal of America, how it was founded, what the founders wanted. And then he kind of showcases several examples where America has shifted towards fascism. That's a word we can maybe spend a whole other uh, topic about. But basically, going from freedom to a lot of government control. That's kind of the simple way to think about this documentary. And here I am in this library. I had just graduated college, I think, or I was just about to. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about a lot, uh, especially politics and economics. I didn't find it enjoyable, but I was kind of reading the news and stuff. And there was this guy in this documentary who just was making a lot of sense. And and this, you know, white haired gentleman and down on the little subtitle of the screen, it said, 
you know, Congressman Ron Paul from Texas. And so I did what many other people have done since. I Googled Ron Paul. And, uh, you know, this was 2006. So this is right when YouTube was a baby. I found some, you know, videos. Was and been around? Was YouTube around? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, maybe or I just, just found. started. Maybe just started. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I somehow found some videos. I, I watched uh, several of his, uh, like on C-SPAN, which records Congress. I would watch some of his speeches. I read a bunch of his speeches. And I'll, I'll share another example and then kick it back over to you. I, I spent about a year uh, between the documentary uh, and afterwards just reading everything I could yep. get that Ron Paul was writing. I read books that he recommended. I suddenly found myself learning about economics uh, because he was pointing me to authors who would explain things really well. He was pointing, you know, recommending people a really good book. So I was suddenly becoming very interested. And uh, about nine months later, he launched his presidential campaign. I helped on it a little bit. And then I got married. So I got married on 987 which is September 8th, 2007, which is the only reason I can remember my anniversary date, because, thankfully. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's easy to remember as yeah. 987. And, um, and so I get married. My wife and I, we went on a honeymoon. And uh, we went to Lake Tahoe. And we're in the middle of the honeymoon when we found out that Ron Paul, the candidate for president, Congressman Ron Paul, had scheduled a stop uh, near my city. And so I turned to my wife of like three or four days, my brand new wife, and I said, honey, can we cancel our, our oh honeymoon? Can we, can we stop short by one day? <laughs> and, and so, you know, to her everlasting credit and showing the foundation of our relationship ever since, she agreed to, to shorten our, our honeymoon by one day so that we could zip home and make it just in time. Uh, to catch Ron Paul, Ron Paul speaking. That's how much dedication I had at the time. That is too funny. Oh my goodness. Well, for me, I know there was a slogan we used to say back in the day. We used to say Ron Paul cured my apathy. Mm. And I think and we talked about apathy in another episode. So kind of, kind of like I'm trying to think of a good way to say that. Not having strong opinions really on anything, right? Just kind of floating, yeah. floating. You're, by. In, you're indifferent. You don't you're really care. Indifferent. Yeah. So when I was 20 to 22, I was a little bit apathetic. Didn't really want to know what I, you know, what I wanted to do with my life. And we've talked on here about finding a way, you know, finding what you're passionate about and finding a way to maybe make money off that and be an entrepreneur. I had none of that at this time. I was just kind of existing. And then I remember I saw I was under the Provo, Utah overpass near Movies 8. If anybody is in Utah, know what that is. There was a, a black sign that said Ron Paul Revolution in red writing. And I remember thinking, that's not a typical political sign. You know, you see like eagles or like red and blue and you see, yeah. like, you know, make America great. Those kind of things. You don't see revolution in red ink, you know, on a black sign. And I remember I was like, I don't know who this guy is. But I need to find out. And I was not even political at all. That was not even something that was on my radar. But watching him speak, he spoke with such passion. You know, politicians always speak in sound bites. They speak in things where you know that they don't they don't really care, right? They're very rehearsed. They look like they're almost in a play or something. And Ron Paul was not rehearsed. Ron Paul would go on tangents that sometimes lasted, you know, 15 minutes. <laughs> and you weren't entirely sure what he was talking about, but you picked out you picked out the important stuff. But I remember thinking that anybody who who would speak like this and who would who would go against everyone else on that debate stage had to be important because truth, truth is really hard to fight for. And truth is not something you find, especially in politics, a lot. But here was a man speaking truth to power, as they say, and, and talking about, you know, getting out of, we were in war at this time, we're still in war, but we were in so many wars at this time. 
to have somebody come out, especially on the Republican stage and say, we're in too many wars. We need to just get out of these wars. That yeah. again, for a young 20 year old, that, that was huge to me. And, and, you know, individual liberty, there was just so much. <laughs> There's a quote that many have attributed to Dr. Paul. I don't know if he was the first one to say it, but I think he's used it in some of his campaigns. You'll, you'll recognize this, Brittany. Uh, truth is treason in an empire of lies. And I think that's the perfect example of what you were just saying, right? Because when everyone around is saying, oh, things are fine, don't pay attention to the national debt, which is skyrocketing, and we're enslaving our grandchildren under a mountain of no debt. Big deal. <laughs> don't big deal. We're, we're fighting all these wars. It's to spread freedom. It's not to, you know, secure more oil or to topple governments or anything. And so we have this empire of lies. We're going to do a future episode about propaganda, how People in power want to manipulate you into thinking wrong things. And, and so here you have this empire of lies, this government built on having people not understand the way the world works. Hashtag podcast name. <laughs> and, and then along comes someone like Dr. Paul, who, as you just pointed out, Brittany, speaks truth with clarity and, and, you know, convincing sometimes, you know, he'll, he'll ramble like any, uh, you know, truth lover does, especially in an older age. It's always fun. Uh, but, but just such powerful and direct remarks about truth. And so the empire of lies, the people in charge, they consider that treason, right? And so here's, here's kind of an example. Obviously it's one thing to talk about like actual treason. It's another thing just to be like, oh, you're a traitor. You're not American. You're not Republican enough. And and they certainly treated them like that. There was one moment that I remember in particular. I know you know what I'm talking about. You can find this clip on YouTube. And, and I was so upset when this happened. Dr. Paul was on stage as a presidential candidate and they were talking about war, which was the topic you were just talking about. And uh, the moderator, the person in charge of the debate asked Dr. Paul a question and, and Dr. Paul began to respond. He was trying to point out how, um, you know, why all these countries don't like us. Uh, everyone else on stage was, we need to go fight the terrorists. We need to go conquer. We need to, more military, more bombs, more everything, more war. And Dr. Paul's on stage saying, no, 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 no. We, we need to stop all of this war. We need to not do this. We need to understand why they're mad. They're not mad at us, you know, because they're evil uh, and just horrible people and, you know, these terrorists for no reason. They're upset because we've been in their country attacking them or we toppled their, you know, excuse me, they toppled their uh, government leader or, or we destabilized their economy and caused them all these problems. And so he's trying to help people understand there are actual reasons why these people are upset with us. So then he goes on to say that the golden rule demands that we should treat other countries the way that we would want other countries to treat us. How would we like it, he said, if China came around and invaded America and had troops on our soil? We wouldn't like it very much. And he can barely get these words out of his mouth. Why? Because the audience is so strongly booing him. Mm -hmm. Boo, boo, you know. Here he is in South Carolina, predominantly Christian, you know, evangelical community, Republican, and everything else. And he's being booed for suggesting that the golden rule is relevant, not just to us and how we treat one another individually, but to the government itself. And it was such an eye-opening experience for me to see here he is speaking truth, right? Treason and an empire of lies. And, uh, and our readers uh, all understand and, and remember that the Tuttle Twins and the golden rule 
uh, is based on these ideas. The the golden rule, non-aggression principle. Chief Ron is the character based on oh, Ron Paul. I like that. The, the <laughs> book is based on Ron Paul's uh, A Foreign Policy of Freedom, which talks about a lot about these ideas. And so we did that book to honor him because, man, as crazy as it was seeing all those people boo him and that idea that he was speaking truth about, uh, it be- became very apparent that more people need to understand these ideas because, look, so many people don't. Well, and it was interesting because you had newscasters. So you have like debate moderators, I guess is what they're called. Then you have newscasters that kind of talk about the debate after. And I remember everybody saying in 2008 and 2011 and 12, just saying, you know, oh, this guy's a joke. Like, what a, what a quack. What a crazy. Nobody's going to take him seriously. And then the poll numbers came in. So after every debate, they would do a poll. And this was when text messaging wasn't brand new, but it was newer, right? So this is the first time where you could you could do a presidential poll by like texting you know, Ron Paul or, or John McCain to a number, and then they would tally the, the poll numbers. Well, the hilarious thing is everyone is laughing at Ron Paul. They're saying no one's going to vote for this old man. He was getting every, he was winning every poll. And they had to show these polls on the news, right? Because they were the ones conducting them. And you see, was it Hannity? I can't remember who it is. You have one of them who's like looking at the results and just saying like, there's no way this is right. There's no way this is right. <laughs> but there were people like you and I at home thinking like, this is the first time in my life, I know that I ever cared about politics. It was the first time that I ever cared about anything actually other than myself. To be honest, I was, I was young. I didn't really know what the, how the world worked. I didn't have this podcast to listen to. So you for think me, of, it was big. You think about the, the candidates that are um, running for president right now in the two major parties. Here you have Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Nothing to get really excited about, right? Nope. And so people who support one or the other, actually, most of them don't actually really love their candidate. They just really do not like the other candidate and don't want them to win. And so it becomes this this kind of lesser of two evils argument where, oh, yeah, my guy's not great, but the other guy is horrible. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to vote for my guy. Ron Paul was so different. Here was someone that so many of us, not we weren't just, you know, oh, I hate everyone else. And so this is my guy because, you know, he's better. Here was someone that's like, my gosh, like this person would be amazing as president. This is who we need. I can actually support this person. It was such a different feeling than what so many of us are used to in, in politics. Tom Woods, uh, who's a friend of the podcast, always kind of pokes fun at the people who also ran for president at the time, showing like, where are their followings? Yeah. Where are the people <laughs> to whom you can credit the, the legacy of Mitt Romney or the community that Newt Gingrich built, right? Or like any of these other people, you look at the impact. Yeah, Ron Paul didn't win. Like he, he didn't win, let's just, you know, obviously. However, the lasting, imp- like I, I the, okay, let me put it this way. The Tuttle Twins would not exist at all were it not for Ron Paul, period. And so here now you have over a million books being read all around the world, dozen languages. We've got a podcast. We've got a game. We're doing a cartoon. We're doing all these things because I, in my case, just one person was inspired and educated by the efforts of Ron Paul. Brittany, you've done some amazing writing. You've met all these people. You've worked with great organizations, put out all this amazing content, helped all these people learn. You wouldn't be here. Absolutely. If it weren't for Ron Paul. Not even a little bit. I would be somewhere, you know, doing something completely different. So he completely changed my life. Right. And so I I talked to Dr. Paul about this once. I think uh, I was on his podcast a year or two ago. And we were talking about this idea that during the campaign or or especially as it was winding down, he would often get questions from people. Hey, what should what should I do? Right. Like, what's next? What, What should we do from here? 
And he would always say, kind of as a libertarian, right? He's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to boss you around. You go figure it out. You know, he's like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. And and he then he turned to me and he said on this podcast, he's like, Connor, I never in a million years would have come up with, if, if you asked me that question, I never would have said, go start a think tank and write children's books. Like it just wouldn't have been on his radar. And yet so many of us in all of our own roles and capacities and skill sets and locations and communities have been inspired to then go find our path in life because someone like Ron Paul kind of woke us up and said, you know, we need to do something about it. So very, very inspirational. Very inspirational. And again, the reason I do anything I do today is because of, of Ron Paul, because of seeing an, an old, you know, almost 80 year old man on TV as a 22 year old being like, you know what? I'm excited for the first time in my entire life. So it's, it's, it's crazy how much one person can change your life. But yeah, Ron Paul is one of the most moral, I think you said moral and most, you know, a man of character, which you don't really see anymore, especially in politics. Well, we will link on the show notes page to some of Ron Paul's books uh, that Brittany and I enjoy and would recommend. Also his Ron Paul curriculum. Uh, A lot of homeschoolers uh, look into that curriculum as one of the options. Uh, So make sure you go to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast, scroll down, find this episode, uh, look up the show notes and enjoy. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. We're on all the different channels. If you go to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast, you can find the links to all your favorite podcast uh, outlets and apps. Uh, be sure and give us a review. We always appreciate reviews and it helps spread the word, boosts the kind of engagement and awareness. And so take a moment, head over to you know iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. And uh, we'd really appreciate a review to help spread the word. Brittany, until next time, talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.